Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. I'm Bruce Buffer, uh, known as the uh, <clears throat> Octagon announcer, the voice of the UFC Octagon for the UFC around the world. And I work in sports and entertainment. I manage my brother's career, the man you might hear that goes, let's get ready to rumble, Michael Buffer. I manage his career and I work in a variety of areas in sports and entertainment and also in an area of products that I make and distribute all over the world uh, based upon my brand and how I branded myself over this time period. So it's nice to see all you guys. I, I know that the boys and girls that I'm on the, on the line with now are from all over the world and I really appreciate you letting me talk to you. Well, thank you very much for joining us, sir. And we already got some questions in, in the chat. One of the kids wanted to know, how did you branch off and start getting into not just marketing your brother, but marketing yourself? What kind of things did you have to learn about as you went? Well, in the years that I spent, be, before I ever met my brother, my brother and I did not grow up together. Uh, we met each other when I was 28 years old. I saw him come out on TV and they put his name on the screen, Michael Buffer, and I'd never ever heard anybody else named my last name anywhere ever. I own telemarketing companies and I saw every phone book in the United States. I never saw my name in a phone book. So it struck me as funny and long story cut short, it turned out that it was my long lost half brother. And when we got together, four years after we got together, I began managing his career. I sold the, the two companies that I was with or I owned. I quit with the money I had in the bank and I had a dream to make him richer and more famous than he ever dreamed and myself in the process. And I became his manager and I became his business partner. And over the course of all the years that I developed his brand and I trademarked that phrase, um, let's get ready to rumble. I trademarked it and made it a copyright so nobody else could say it except for him. And I built his business up with his brand, created video games, toys, um, movies, TV shows, all this based on let's get ready to rumble and his image and his voice. And uh, those same principles I learned building that business with him when I got into the UFC and I created my own brand as the UFC Octagon announcer and my own phrase with its time, which I trademarked also, I just applied the same principles of business to the, the item I was marketing at the time. Because to me, all, all business is the same. It's just the product that's different. You still apply the same principles of business and marketing to your products in the case of my case where I'm, I have a brand and I'm selling my brand like that. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, just breaking it down. I mean, you make it sound so simple, but I mean, it just seems <laughs> so complicated, like looking from the outside in. Yeah, it is. But you know, at the same time, and especially remember this too, um, boys and girls that when you're, when you're doing stuff, it's, it's good to recreate the wheel and everything, but don't make it too complicated. There's a saying in life called the kiss theory. Keep it simple, Sam. Keep it simple, Susan. The simple rules of business always apply. It's kind of like in fighting. You know, there's a jab, there's a cross, there's a front kick, there's a round kick. These basic punches and kicks are what win fights. So the basic principles of business is what wins a business. Uh, phenomenal advice. We have a question from Raul. And Raul, you should be able to mute, uh, unmute. You had a really good question. Go ahead, friend. Thanks. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, you. Really, it's, 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 re it's really cool. And my question is, how much does, does your voice hurt after creating such spectacular introductions for, for every battle? 
Well, thank you for asking that. Um, actually, it doesn't hurt. Um, in the early days, it did hurt a little bit because I was bringing everything from here, right? So I was hoarse afterwards. But ask yourself, how does a singer do two shows a night, five, five nights a week? You know, hour, hour and a half each show. They're doing a lot more than I'm doing. So you bring it from your diaphragm, which is right here, right? You learn how to control your voice and your voice and your throat, like anything else, become a tool, okay? So you need to know how to utilize and take care of your tool. And it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's like a muscle. It becomes stronger over time. So now when I announce, if anything, I could do a whole nother show, you know, afterwards, as long as they pay me. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. Um, so one of the kids wanted to know, and this is a bit of a random question, but they wanted to know, what were some of your favorite subjects growing up in school? In school, I always liked history. I like public speaking, obviously. Um, and I like creative writing. Love those a lot. And I was very, very good at math. I skipped a grade in math. But honestly, when it got to uh, trigonometry and all that and calculus, you know, I kind of lost interest. I realized that I wasn't going to be a, an astronaut. So um, even though I was very good at math, I'm a big poker player. And in poker, you need to have math skills. So the basic skills of multiplication, subtraction, addition, um, and division, uh, definitely I have a skill, for, skill set for to do things real quick in my head. Well, they, yeah, I can imagine. I've seen your, your stuff on ESPN with the uh, World Series of Poker. So um, congratulations <laughs> to all of that as well. Uh, so, uh, and you had mentioned about uh, being uh, English language arts and all that. Can you talk about a little bit about the process of writing your book? Um, that, that you had released it? Well, when I decided to write my book, you know, one thing you have to realize when you write a book is that you have to take your heart and put it on the table. You've got to be openly honest about yourself and about everything. And uh, the book was a, was a work of passion on my part because I wanted to talk about um, and make it a motivating book, especially for those out there that are entrepreneurial minded, you know, that like, they want to be an entrepreneur. And for those of you, I'm sure you understand what that word means, entrepreneur, where you're setting out to start your own business. You know, school is a wonderful way to learn knowledge, but to, in order to learn application, you need to get out there and do it. You'll learn that in school, in your labs and working with each other. But until you get out in the real world and you start applying those, that's when you're really going to learn uh, the true principles of business. Um, and for me, I was going to college and I basically started my first company when I was 19 and I was going to school like from two till 10 in the evening. And I was working in my business from five in the morning till like one o'clock in the afternoon in the telemarketing aspect of what I was in. And I started making really good money when I was 18 and more so when I was 19. And I decided to uh, step away from college. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to do that. But in my choice, I stepped away from college and I said, I'm going to take two years, see how I work. And if, if it doesn't work out, then I will go back and I'll finish my education. Um, I wound up never going back to college and I continued in the business world, owning a number of different businesses until I found the business that I was truly passionate about, which is when I met my brother, as I mentioned earlier, Michael Buffer, and I got into the world of sports and entertainment. And then I found out this is truly what I is my calling. This is for me. So you if think about in your life what you're passionate about and if you can monetize it and work at it then that's truly the job that you want to do because when the when the good times happen you'll love them of course when you come up against 
uh, into the wall, when you come up against opposition, when you come up against issues, you get knocked down to the canvas. If you're passionate about what you're doing, then just like Rocky said, you stand up, you keep going forward and you punch harder than ever, right? And you keep punching until you win. So when you're passionate about something that will give you the, uh, definitely the strong goal to do that for sure. That is a, a great quote and great uh, bit of advice. One of the kids, he wanted to know, how did you get connected with the UFC to, uh, it, was, it a right, was it a right place at the right time kind of deal? Or how would you describe it? To a degree, um, I had, um, I've been a martial artist since I was 12. I have three black belts and I kickbox a lot. And when the UFC come on the scene, it was a spectacle back then. It wasn't the organized disciplined sport that it is today right? It was uh, crazy fighters getting up bar stools and bars and coming in. And if you ever saw the movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme called Bloodsport, it was like Bloodsport. We're like, what style was the best style? Well, I watched it in the first few shows and I was managing my brother and it became one of the biggest things happening on pay-per-view. And I contacted them to have Michael Buffer announce their show. He announced UFC six, uh, excuse me, five, six, seven, and ultimate ultimate. And um, he did that. And then we had an issue with the Professional Wrestling League, WCW. They were upset that he was doing the UFC. And uh, Michael loved the WCW wrestling, you know, with Hulk Hogan and Sting and all those guys so much. That was his choice. So he could not have continued with the UFC the way they did. And when I had to pull him out of the UFC after his three-fight contract, um, I told him, I said, you need a buffer in the octagon. I have the media contacts to get you publicity because a lot of people were scared of it back then and people wouldn't have them on their show like Jay Leno or, or uh, Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, all these different shows, they weren't interested or ESPN, which is now showing the UFC had no interest in UFC back then. They were scared of it. The name scared them, the sport scared them. So I saw this as an opportunity to convince them to let me announce. And in turn, they, they, it fell on deaf ears. They did not let me announce. So then I got a videotape from a fighter from Minnesota named Scott the Pitbull Ferrazzo, and I got him in the UFC, and they hired him in Bayamon, Puerto Rico, February 16th, 1996, and he went down to fight, and as his manager, which I acted at getting him the job, I was given a plane ticket and able to go down with him, and I brought my tuxedo, and I convinced the owner at that time, because one thing you got to remember, boys and girls, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get something unless you ask for it. You never get the job unless you ask for the job. Sure, somebody might give you a job, but if you really want something, you got to ask for it. You got to go for it. Don't wait for things to happen. Make them happen, right? And I realized I had to make it happen, so I convinced the owner to let me go in and announce the preliminary fights, which he did. And I look back at it now, and it's like I want to cover my ears. You know, this is not the way I wanted to sound, and it's a lot different than I sound now. But it was what I cut my teeth on. It was my first experience. Then uh, they did not hire me, but they called me back about six months later to do UFC 10. Um, that was UFC 8. I, I appeared at Environment Puerto Rico. Then they called me back to do UFC 10, uh, which I did in Alabama. And I thought I did a good job. And I came back and thinking, oh, you're going to hire me now. And I tried to convince them to hire me. And no, they hired somebody else, right? So then another four, five, six months passed. And I got a phone call that they were doing a TV show called Friends. And I'm sure all of you have heard of the TV show Friends. Um, it was one of the biggest comedies on TV. And they were doing a Friends TV show called The Ultimate Fighting Champion. And it was with John Favreau, who's an Iron Man and a big, big movie star and director today. And um, 
they wanted me to be in the show and Warner Brothers sent somebody down to get videotape and audio tape of me to see how I looked. And they hired me to co-star as myself on Friends, which very few people have done. And when I did that, I used that as a what I call my best poker hand to play. And the owner was on the set when we were filming. And I said, look, you know, I'm on the biggest comedy on TV. I'm co-starring as myself as your announcer. I feel like a, um, a girl waiting to be asked to the prom and nobody's asked me to the prom. So I'm going to ask you one more time. I want to be the announcer. I want to build myself with you and as the Octagon announcer and help you build this brand. I'll help you market this brand and make it big. And I'm a brand builder. Well, that was the best poker hand I ever played. And that's when they hired me. And I started doing every single UFC after that. One of the key reasons, again, is I was persistent. I went for what I wanted. I knew what I wanted. And I had a dream. And that's where it starts. It starts with the dream and the goal you have in your head. And if you can see yourself doing it and you go after it, then you should be able to achieve it. That is be persistent. I love it. And by the way, that's one of my favorite friends episodes. That was absolutely hysterical. So we'll do uh, three more questions and then we'll let you go. This one comes from Hugo and Hugo, you had a, uh, you know, what? we'll go with Mav and she is in Italy. Mav, you had a pretty good question about Mr. Buffer's motivation. Go ahead and ask. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you too. I would like to know what is your motivation speech to work at your best and how did you found it? My, what, what gives me motivation to do what I do? Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what she's, uh, she was getting at. My motivation for what I do is that I'm passionate about what I do. My motivation for what I do also is that I love my family, my mom, and I, I want to make sure that I do well enough to always take care of my loved ones and my family. And that really motivates me. My mom's older now and, You'll find that your parents become your children as you get older. You have to take care of them. And my mom always took care of me. And I, had, I don't have my father anymore, but he always took care of me too. And I swore I would always take care of them. So my immediate loved ones that are in my life, it's very important to me to, to do that, as well as for myself and everything I want in life, whether it's the home I live in. And, uh, you know, it's here's the thing about business and motivation. The hardest part is not so much going up to achieve what you want to achieve. Sure. That has its, it's, you know, it's things you have to go through, but once you get there, it's maintaining it. That's right. You don't rest when you get there. That's when, that's when the work really starts to maintain it because people will love you on the way up and then they want to tear you down. Once you get there, it's an interesting concept of human personalities. So the biggest thing to me is the motivation I have and the support factor I have are the people that are around me that I work with and that love me and that I love. And that's what really keeps me going personally. That's great advice. I also um, have a three foot theory is that I want everybody around me to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. And I know that if unselfishly that that's my goal, it'll all come back to me. Man, that's, that's some karma. I love it. That's uh, great. Karma's very big. Karma is very Especially big. for this next generation. Um, we have Hugo. Hugo, you had a good uh, question. Go ahead and unmute and ask. Um, hello. Hi. It's an honor to be. How are you? <laughs> good. And what was your first career choice before you changed? Before I did what I did, I, it was sales. You know, I had a gift of gab and sales, and I knew that I could sell an air conditioner to an Eskimo. <laughs> and uh, the one thing about sales is that they have a tendency to make you know, a lot of money on commissions if you're behind the right thing. But um, I was very tenacious. So my first, my first goal, I was in telemarketing and sales. And that's where I cut my teeth. 
Um, but when I was younger, you know, I, I had the lemonade stand when I was seven. I, I was in high school and I started making jewelry and selling jewelry in high school. You know, I'd make necklaces for five bucks and sell them for 25 bucks to uh, girls and guys for their girls and everything else. And I started making, making money. My mom loaned me $75 to go on a ski trip when I was uh, 15 with my friends. And she said, I, here's the money. Don't tell your dad. And I always wonder why she, she said that. And two weeks after I got back from that ski trip, I overheard my parents one night talking about how they couldn't pay the rent that month. And the rent was only $575 a month. We lived in Malibu, but we weren't rich. We were middle class and we'd gone broke as a family together and, and made money together, which taught me a lot about where, you know, how to survive in life, how to fall down and get up and start working again. My dad had a big influence on me. But when I heard them talk about the fact they couldn't pay the bills, I swore to myself, I would never ask my mom or my dad for another dollar. And I would set out to make enough money, not only for myself, but to take care of them. And that was a very big motivating turning point in my life for me. That's realizing wonderful. that. Absolutely wonderful. We'll uh, have the final student uh, question in Alvaro. Um, you should be able to unmute to ask Mr. Buffer your question. Okay, thanks. Um, hello. Hi. Um, I want to know if you get along with your brother and if you do uh, some tips for doing that. What was the last part? If you do something, what? Do you, do you have any advice for others uh, to get along with their brothers? Well, you know, one thing growing up, I mean, listen, my brother, Michael, and I remember we did not grow up together. My brother, Brian, who's an ex-police officer, retired. We did grow up together. Um, you know, family or not, you either get along or you don't, right? Or you have issues. But you'll find that as young boys and girls that you probably butt heads or, you know, fight with your brothers and your sisters and all. But you know what? That's the growing period. You either have a great friendship and you grow up together and maintain that bond right? Or sometimes that bond is created a little later after you, you know, if you, if you not got, let's say you have a situation where you don't think you get along with your brother or your sister, right? And no matter what, as time goes on, they're your blood, they're your family. And if they're good people, you'll find that your bond with your brothers and sisters will become even stronger as you get older. So you'll either establish that real solid bond when you're younger and inseparable, or if there's issues or whatever, you'll find that hopefully you grow together stronger. So that as you go through life, you have the support factor of your family and your brothers and your sisters with you. So I, I get along very well with Michael. We met late in life. As, as I said, we had issues growing up together, getting to know each other. We're very different yet. We're same in some respects, but we grew, we grew up separately. So we're very different. So there was a learning curve. There's always a learning curve, right? There's always experience. Remember one thing, when you do something in life, and let's say you do it wrong or what's not the proper way. That's not a mistake at that point. That's a learning experience. Now that you've learned how to do it correctly, if you do it incorrectly again, then you've made a mistake because you knew how to do it right. You, you realize what the right way to, to do it is. So don't get upset with yourself with your learning experiences. That's what's going to make you stronger and more powerful and more confident within yourself because you want to have confidence, you want to look in the mirror, and you want to believe in yourself. And understand when I say this, you want to love yourself, because you can't love yourself, you can't love others before you appreciate and respect and love yourself. That's very important. Concentrate on what makes you who you are, to make you the powerful person you can be.
to make you be the good person you can be to support and benefit the others that you care to benefit around you. Don't be too trusting. Trusting comes with time, right? Um, but your family is your pillar. And as you go through life, you'll find that you'll have like those one or two best friends, maybe more, but really it comes down to like one or two best friends that as I like to say, and please understand when I say this, that will take a bullet for you. And what I mean by that is that they're always there for you as you want to be there for them. So it's about creating relationships and understanding and working through the issues. If I've answered your question correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll go into the, the final uh, question before we let you go. Is there any advice you could give to any of these kids as someone who's so accomplished as yourself on top of your industry that you, you and your brother pretty much created? What kind of advice would you give to these kids and part on them as they go off into the world and figure out what they want to do? Again, I'll go back to the same thing I said before. Um, there's a couple of ways to do it. And I, I am my podcast saying this too. First off, passion very big on passion. If you understand what I mean by passion, that means something you love to do. I mean, you might play a video game, you know, that you can't get it, you can't get away from because you're passionate about it. You love that video game, right? Which I know is very big with kids. Um, or something else, a sport that you love, whether it's basketball, or in my case, as a young boy, it was surfing. But it's a matter of realizing what you're passionate about. And then learn and decide, decide what, what path you want to take if you can, if you can see it, and step on that path and when you walk down that yellow brick road shall we say if that's your goal is to do what you're going to do make sure you have full knowledge as much knowledge as you can have about it and just be the best you can be when you're on that path that's what i say in my podcast whether you're number one number two champion or whatever if you're the best you can be and you're performing at your best then you're winning right and you want to realize again when that job or that, that your day of work is done, are you happy? Are you content? Do you like what you're doing? And you got you boys and girls, you're young and you're going to start off with a job, whether it's a bus boy or something in retail or whatever, it might not be your life's goal, but you're cutting your teeth. You're learning about what it's like to work with and for people. And as you experience and grow your knowledge in school and pick your subjects and everything again, Figure out what you're passionate about. And if you can monetize that passion in a job or a business or a career, then I think you'd be a lot happier overall, if that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And uh, before I end the meeting for all, first of all, I want to say thank you. But I'm going to unmute everybody. And um, I put in the chat, we have a lot of great guests coming up. So thank you guys all. If, if you guys want to come back and connect with any other careers, uh, feel free to unmute now, guys, if you want to say thank you to Mr. Buffer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Buffer. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.